You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good evening. I'm Gordon Lockhart and I'll be your host for this evening. Welcome to the Lone Star Community Radio's presentation of the Lone Star Radio Troupe. Thank you for joining us as we present this evening's radio programs recorded in the Lone Star Studios located in downtown Conroe. Our first selection originally aired on the very first Dimension X radio program and was written by Graham Dore. It was named The Outer Limit and aired on April 8, 1950, 67 years ago on NBC Radio. So without further ado, we begin our show. Stories in time and space, told in the future tense. Dimension X. Can you predict what will come in 100 years or in 10? are in the next minute. Some people think they can. Nuclear scientists, mathematicians, astronomers, biologists, they'll predict the shape of the future. Why? Because they make the future. Because they see beyond the known dimensions of time and space, into the unknown, dimension X. We go ahead in time now to 1965. We're on a vast concrete runway set in the desert of the southwest. A giant metal ship stands before us, prow pointed for the stars. And in five minutes, the signal will flash and it will tear up through the atmosphere to the outer limit. Attention, attention, clear fill for takeoff. Clear fill for takeoff. Five minutes, Steve. Right. One more up, Charlie. Turn her over. I want to go over procedures again, Steve. Don't worry, I got it straight. Just to make sure. Okay, I take her up on jets to 50,000, and then I cut in the rockets. No lower. Your tail blast will blow out three counties. I climb for four minutes on rockets, then start maneuver tests. And remember that, no more than four minutes. Right. This ship isn't like those strata rockets you've been testing. She's the first one built for outer space. And if she works, we can go clear to the moon. <laughs> if I'd have known that, I'd have brought my toothbrush. <laughs> well, not this trip. Now get this, Steve. You've got power there to clear the Earth's gravitational field. But remember, after you cut in the rockets, you've only got 10 minutes fuel. If you go beyond the outer limit, well... Just save fuel for the return. I know. I won't get down again. That's right, Steve. You'll drift off into space. Get that. Ten minutes fuel. Gotcha. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this project is a lot more important than that cosmic ray bomb they're testing out of the Pacific tonight. Well, Security Commission Brass doesn't think so. I don't see any undersecretaries under anything. Yeah, don't worry about that. In the long run, our ship will make the CR bomb back page stuff. But in the meantime, it's just as dangerous. Remember, half the principles on this ship are just pure theory, Steve. Slide rule stuff. And if anything goes wrong, 
And we may have to scrape you off the landscape with a soup spoon. Oh, you have a charming sense of humor. Yeah, well, now here's what I'm getting at. We're risking your neck on this. If anything blows, we don't want to have to put the next man up doing the same boner. I know, Hank. So keep your mic open and keep talking. If anything goes wrong, we want to know exactly why. And we won't be able to ask you. Let us know before you pull every switch, before you do anything. You got that? Yeah. And even if you only blow your nose. All right. Get those fuel lines away. Okay, Mr. Pearl. Well, I guess that's about all, Steve. Uh, that, that reminds me. Look, if Mary calls, I'm on a milk run. I didn't tell her what today was. How is she? She's okay. But she's due about now, and I, I don't want her to be nervous. Hey, I, I didn't know the baby was that close. <laughs> yeah. Steve, I really ought to be sending a single man up on this What? Job. And cut me out of a soft paycheck? Forget it, Hank. You know, you can't get anybody else who can take 15 G's acceleration when those rockets cut in. Yeah, I know. Well, it's time, Steve. Yeah. Well, see you later. And don't worry, Hank. I'll sweat for the both of us. Bunner up, Charlie! Yeah. So long, Hank. So long. Uh, we'll give you the light from control. X2R to control. X2R to control. Are you there yet, Hank? Okay, Steve. Got you on the speaker. I'm ready to go. Mr. Hansen. Radar. Uh, ready on the radar, Sergeant? Check. Mr. Hansen, you'd better see this. What? What is it, Elsie? Message sent in for Steve. Mrs. Weston just left for the hospital. What? Hello, Steve. Well, what? Uh, uh, stand by a minute. Shall we hold the takeoff, Mr. Hansen? What? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, no. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, it's, it's too late now. Aren't you going to tell him? You know, maybe he's got enough to worry about. Hey, what's holding up, Hank? Got something on your mind? No, no, no. It's, it's nothing, Steve. I just uh, wanted to say uh, good luck. All right, clear for takeoff, Charlie. Right. Okay, give him the light. All right, Steve, I'm reading you clear. I'm at uh, 40,000, airspeed 600. She's running fine. And the soundproofing works. This is a third degree waiver in the AGY pressure. Uh, you got that, Charlie? Check. Dead center on radar, Mr. Hansen. 50,000 now. Cutting out the port jet. Now the starboard. I'm off jets. Airspeed dropping. Opening the rocket selects. The switch sticks a little, Charlie. Actually, out the hole. Pressure is 53. All right, now. I'm advancing the ignition key. Here goes rocket one. Steve, are you all right? Yeah. It feels like somebody slugged me with a sledgehammer. Airspeed now at 1,200. Here goes number two. Hello, Steve. Elapsed rocket time is now four minutes. Uh, watch your altitude. Over to you. Speed 4,400. Still climbing. Altitude 297 miles. All right. You're at the outer limit. Level off for maneuver test. You've got exactly six minutes fuel left. Okay. Starting a third degree left bank. 
It's a little sluggish. Uh, there, that, that's all right now. There's a low vibration someplace. Uh, maybe the cockpit hatch. Now I'm straightening out. Five minutes fuel left. Now I'm starting to three degree right. Hey. What's, what's the matter, Steve? What's wrong? There's something up here. Something shiny. What are you talking about? There's something above me, Hank. I'm gonna chase it. Steve! Steve! You're at the outer limit now. I can see a plane now. Steve, don't go any higher. You've got only four minutes left. Come on, you've only got... God, there's too much static. I can't hear you, Hank. It's dead ahead now. I'm gonna make a pass at it and get a good look. Hey, it's swerving to meet me. It's dead ahead now. It's dead ahead! Hello? Hello, Steve. Come in, come in. Nine fuel, nine minutes, fuel gone. Still no sign on radar. Hello? Hello, Steve. Steve, what's happened? Charlie, get out the crash squad. Tell the Army squadron to alert their uh, their search planes. Right. Nine and a half crash minutes. Crash squad, crash squadron. Hello, Hello. Charlie Clapper for Hello, Mr. Steve. Hansen. Hello, Steve. What's happened? We need a search squadron. Where the devil no, is he? No, Mr. Hansen's busy. Hello. Come on in, Steve. Come in. Hello, hello. Steve, come on. Hello. Ten minutes, Mr. Hansen. That's the end of his fuel. How long's it been now? Colonel Corelli. Ten hours, Mr. Hansen. Nothing more on radar, Sergeant? Screen's blank. Colonel Corelli called in. Search planes are back. They didn't find anything. There should have been some trace. He couldn't have bailed out, could he? No, you don't hit the silk at 4,400 miles an hour. He either went past the outer limit and ran out of fuel, or something blew, and we'll find the pieces scattered from here to the coast. Why does it always have to be the best man? Always the best man. I'll get it. Control? Yes, I'll take it. Is that so? All right. I'll tell him. All right. Charlie? Charlie, you know, we've, we've got to figure out what went wrong. Hmm, yes. Something, something must have blown. Uh, Mr. Hansen? Uh, yes? There's a message from Northside Hospital for, for Steve. Mrs. Weston's fine. It's a boy. Thank you, Elsie. It's a, it's a boy, Charlie. Oh? Oh, that's fine, that's fine. It's a boy. Oh, but he didn't even know she went to the hospital. How am I going to tell Mary that? It wasn't your fault, Mr. Hansen. The ship had to be tested. Yeah, yeah, I know. And we'll build another one, and some flying fool will shoot past the outer limit into space. <sighs> I am getting old, Charlie. You can remember whenever I used to take them up myself. And now I've got to send other men. It's a job, Mr. Hansen. Yeah, and now I'm afraid. Every time I hear a jet go off, I jump. Every time I have to send someone up with a new model, I start to sweat. Mr. Hansen! Yes? I think there's something on the radar. Wait, no flights are scheduled in, are they, Elsie? We have the whole day cleared. It's coming in behind us. Here it comes, over the building. What crazy jockey is buzzing the field like that? Is that an army plane, Charlie? Uh, I can't say. It's turning! Charlie, alert the field. I know that engine! Steve! That's impossible! That biscuit! It can't be! Well, there's no other model like that. It's Steve, alright. 
He's coming in. Thank God. Thank God. All right. All right. Sit down, Steve. Let's uh, get this done. The quicker we get it over with, the quicker you can get to see Mary and the baby. Hank. Elsie, uh, give the order to refuel the rockets and give them a good check. I don't want anybody in here right now until I get Steve's reports and bury all my calls. All right, Steve, let's have it. What the devil happened to you? Hank, does that cosmic ray bomb still go off tonight? What are you talking about? Straighten out, Steve. Where have you been for ten hours? Listen, Hank, there's something I've got to tell you. I've and Come it... on now. I've got to get a report on the screen to Washington, so let's have it. I've got to know how you stretch 10 minutes fuel to keep you in the air for 10 hours. Now, one thing before I talk. Look, Steve. Have the Geiger men run over the ship before they refuel. Oh. What'd you run into? So help me, Hank, I don't know. We better check and make sure it isn't radioactive. Elsie, get a Geiger report on that standard check. All right, Steve, maybe we better have the doc look you over, too. No, no, I'll be all right. They said I'd be all right. They? Look, son, I know you've had a tough time, but, you know, but we've had this field on alert for ten hours. One of the Army boys cracked up looking for you, and he's hurt bad. So let's have the story. Let's have it straight now. I don't know what to tell you, Hank. I saw something up there. At 300 miles? I chased something up there, Hank. And I caught it. Oh, don't hand me that. Now, listen to me. I was cruising along, just just starting the right bank when I spotted something. I must have been going about half my speed. It was egg-shaped and smooth. I made a pass at it. And I was coming back for another, and then there was a, a humming sound. Humming? Yeah, a sort of vibration. And I blacked out. I was headed straight at it. 4,400 miles an hour. I thought I was going to be the biggest smash since Hiroshima. And Hank, uh, is there a drink in that bottle? Never mind that, Steve. What happened? I came to inside their ship. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve, this whole thing's been a devil of a strain on you. I'm, I'm going to call Major Donaldson from the Army base. And ask him to come sit in. The psychiatrist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Let him run his tests. They'll tell you I'm not kidding. Because, Hank, unless I miss my guess, I've just been tipped off to the way the world ends. All right, Mr. Weston. Suppose you continue your story. Yeah, all right. Let's have it. Come on, Steve. You woke up inside the ship? Yes. And uh, the, the place was jammed with machinery, dials, blinkers. I couldn't recognize anything. And you were surrounded by these men from Mars? Oh, now, I didn't say anything about men from Mars. I didn't even say they were men. I'd, I couldn't see them clearly. They were, they were just there. Where did they come from, then? Another galaxy, millions of miles outside our solar system. That's all I know. You figure out where they came from. And they came all that distance to find the Earth? Yes. They tell you that? Yes. You mean they spoke English to you? No, no, they, they didn't. That's funny, I hadn't thought. Well, they, they didn't really speak to me at all. They just planted thoughts in my mind. You mean thought transference, telepathy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well, Steve, what brought them here? We did, Hank. We rang their bell. We brought them in. 
Well, how? With our atomic explosions. Hank, that's why you gotta stop the bomb test tonight. Oh, I give Look, up. you gotta believe me, Hank. Oh, how can I make you understand? Would you submit to narcosychometry? What's that? Under proper drugs, I can put you back in this um, ship by suggestion. Then we can get a playback record of your memory pattern on the audio circuit. How long will that take? Half an hour. We'll uh, have to go up to the lab. All right. Would you believe me if it checks? It will give us an accurate memory picture of what your mind reports. All right. Let's go. Hank, you've got to believe me. We haven't got much time. You should be getting drowsy now. Count backwards from ten. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. He's under. Now we attach the headplate electrode. The cortical pickup. Look out for that wire, Mr. Hansen. 3-0 setting. 31.3. Now throw that switch, Mr. Hansen. I have to start him off by suggestion. All right, Steve. You're in your ship now. You're in the rocket. Rocket. You're in the rocket. You're in the rocket, and you've just sighted something strange. Now I'm starting a 3D rewrite. What's that? Hey, there's something up here. Something shiny. His memory pattern. We're picking it up electronically. Something above me, Hank. I'm going to chase it. It's piped in through the audio circuits. I'm getting static. I can't hear you, Hank. This is where we lost contact with him. I'm going to make a pass at it. And, hey, it's swerving to meet me. It's dead ahead now. It's dead ahead. Now what? This is where he blacked out. There's no telling how long, minutes or hours. What's that noise? I don't know. Quiet. Where? How did I get in here? Who are you? Is he seeing them? Intergalactic patrol? What? What's that? What are they saying, Steve? What are they saying? It's about nuclear fission. They know about it. They know the danger of it. Long ago, they had wars that almost destroyed them. And finally, they learned. Now they've outlawed war. Go on, Steve. They patrol space. When their detector picks up an atomic explosion, they send a patrol. So what are they going to do? They've quarantined us. Quarantined? They've isolated the Earth, because we don't know how to control ourselves yet. Until we learn, we'll be a menace to the whole universe. Oh, what is this nonsense? Quiet! How are they going to do it, Steve? They've spread a layer out here of, I don't know what to call it, all around the Earth. It's miles deep. When there's an atomic explosion on Earth, the radioactive particles will drift up to this layer and set off a chain reaction. It'll go around the world in microseconds. And that's the end. The end? What's he... Wait, wait! Yes. Yes. I understand. I've got to bring back the warning. You're going to put me back in my ship to bring back the warning. Now what? He's blacked out again. I guess that's all. So what does all of that mean? It's what he remembers. You don't think that that really happened, do you? No, no. The narcosychometry circuits produce what he remembers. It just means that Steve believes this happened. Uh, uh, 
I don't like to see this. I've seen too many good test pilots snap. Steve is the best I've known. How bad do you think he is? Frankly, outside of the presence of this well-organized hallucination, there's no sign of unbalance. It may not be too serious. If he had a more plausible story, I'd be inclined to but, believe him. Oh, I, uh, Hank? It's all right, boy. All right, did you hear it, Hank? Do you, do you understand? Sure. Sure, we've uh, been quarantined. Let me give you something to make you sleep, Steve. But don't you understand? They fixed it so that if we set off one more nuclear explosion, that'll be it. Of course. Don't roll your sleeve down. You don't believe me. Now, take it easy, Steve. That test tonight, they're setting off the CR bomb. Hank, what time is it? Uh, it's uh, 11.20. Oh, it's scheduled for midnight. Hank, we gotta stop that bomb. Steve, let Donaldson give you that hypo. Hank, you gotta believe me. I saw them. I got the warning. If we touch off that bomb tonight, it'll be the biggest galactic 4th of July of all time. The whole Earth will go up like a Roman candle. April 10th, 1965, the end. Oh, now look, Steve, you better calm down. Don't you want to go see Mary and the baby? You've got a new son, remember? Well, that's just it. I want to see my son. I want him to live. If that bomb goes off, Hank, oh, we got to stop him. Mr. Hansen, I think we'd better go over to the base hospital. Hank, you've got to believe me. Yeah, sure, Steve. Uh, maybe there is something to it. Look, it's out of your hands. I'll put it in a report and shuttle it into Washington first thing in the morning. In the morning? There isn't going to be any morning, Hank. Don't you understand? we got to call Washington now. Get the head of security commission and postpone that test. You know I can't do that, Steve. My neck would be out a mile. And besides, this is 1965, not 45. Twenty countries have atomic bombs now. And what's the use of just stopping this one when the rest of them will just keep right on popping them off? Well, we, uh, we'll have to call an, an international conference. Can't you understand, Hank? The first one that goes off finishes us. It's the end. They've given us the quarantine warning. Steve, I think you better go with us to the base hospital. But Look, I Steve, we can call up for a detail if we have to. All right. All right. I'll go with you. I don't need a straitjacket. That's the way, Steve. You'll probably feel better by morning. Let's go. Well, Steve, tomorrow I'll drive you over to the hospital to see Mary and the kid. Sure. Oh, look at that ship under the floodlights. Pretty, huh? You'll be flying it again real soon. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Oh, what's she doing out on the line? They refuel her? Yeah, yeah, we got uh, of it's coming in tomorrow from Denver, and uh, she's going to run another run another test, and uh, figured we'd give you the day off. That, that's good. That's That's fine. Steve! Steve! Come back! Come back! Donaldson! Steve! Steve, wait! Oh, he's headed for the rocket! Look, there he goes up the ladder! That crazy fool! Oh, we can't get at him now. The, that covers armored glass. He's waving! Yeah, towards the control room. It's the radio! He means the radio! Come on! He should have gotten help! Good thing the radio is still hooked up here. Hello? Hello, Steve? Listen to me, Hank. You gotta call Washington now. Come on out of that rocket, Steve. I'll call my medics. Don't try anything, Hank. They've refueled the rocket for tomorrow. 
Take it easy, Steve. You know what'll happen if I fire the rocket tubes down here. Steve, don't. That'll burn out all every building for five miles, all of us, in one big flash. Uh, Steve, what what do you want? You gotta stop that bomb. You gotta call Washington right now. They won't believe me. You gotta call it in or I'll cut the rocket. Now I mean it, Hank. Now hook the, my screen to yours in parallel. I want to see exactly what you're doing. All right, all right. Don't fire those rockets. Get going, Hank. You've got 12 minutes to make that call and stop that bomb. All right. I'm making the parallel hookup right now. Donaldson, do you think you're really blessed? I don't know. Up to now, I'd almost say he was normal. But now, he's liable to do anything, Hanson. Steve. Steve, are you there? Are you uh, getting this on your screen? Yeah. Now put that call through. All right. All right. Operator. Visit screen to Washington. The visit screen circuits are busy, sir. If you'll try again in half an hour. This is Security Commission priority. Break in and get me a line. Yes, sir. Just a moment, please. Ten minutes, Hank. Listen, Steve, I'm trying. They're ready to take your call, sir. Uh, Washington, Security Commission 3. Uh, this is urgent. I want Undersecretary Herbert Ames. Washington 3. One moment, please. Hurry, will you? One moment, please. What time is it, Donaldson? 11.51. Do you think he'll fire those rockets? He might. Washington. Visit screen three, Mr. Herbert Ames, please. That's a coded exchange. I cannot accept your call without clearance. Get it through, Hank. Listen, Washington, put it through. This is Mr. Hansen at San Marco Air Base. This is a priority call. I'm coded. One moment, please. I'll check your code number. Get that through, Hank. The bomb goes off at 12. Oh, be reasonable, Steve. I'm... Your call has been cleared, San Marco. Washington, busy screen, three. Herbert Ames, please. Security Commission Ames. Listen, Ames. Oh, hello, Anson. Ames, you got to get me through to the chief. Are you kidding? He's at the test control room. Yes, I know, but get him for me. What's up? You look lousy, or is it a bad circuit? There's no time. Look, I've got to get to him before that test. It's about the CR bomb. I can't take that responsibility. Get it through, Hank, or I'll blast! What's going on there? Ames, look, my project has a high enough rating. This is a priority A call. What? Okay, it's your neck. I'll try and get him for you. He's in the control room, so you'll have to switch off your screen and speaker and go on hit earphones. Too much going on in there. Security ruling. All right. You hear that, Steve? I've got to cut the incoming screen. All right, but don't try anything. Eight minutes, Hank. Oh, hello? Hello? What? You, you got it, Hank? Yes, yes. Uh, this is Hanson at uh, San Marco. No, sir. Priority A request to cancel the bomb test. No, no, I am serious. This is deadly serious. We just sent the X2 JTR up today to the outer limit, and we've uncovered evidence. Yes, on, on the automatic instruments. What's that? No, no possible chain reaction. No, I, I can't tell you the whole story. There just isn't time. Yes, yes, I'll bring in the readings into Washington first thing in the morning, but you've got to postpone that test until you see them. Look, I've worked on contracts with the commission for 10 years. Yes, I have complete confidence in my information, and you can record that. Yes, 
Yes, I'll call you right back immediately. Goodbye. Hank? Hank? <sighs> He's agreed to cancel, Steve. The bomb won't go off. <sighs> All right, boy, you can come down out of that ship. He's opening up. Here he comes. All right, Steve. Come on down. Uh, sure, Hank. Just a second. Hank, I was scared. I was plain scared. Easy now. It's all over. That bomb's not going off. Thank God. Look, I want to see Mary and the baby. Can you get me transportation now? Just wait a minute. It, it's almost 12. They won't even let you in the hospital right now. I want to see the baby. Sure you do. Sure. But you've been under a strain, Steve. I've got a shot for you here. It'll give you a good night's sleep. All right? Roll up your sleeve. Yeah, here. There. That'll make you sleep. The sergeant will find you a bed. Yes, sir. Come on, Mr. Weston. Okay. Good night, Hank. <laughs> kind of beat. It's been a tough night. It sure has. I thought for a minute that he was going to blast those rockets and send us all to Kingdom Come. Yeah. Quite a stunt getting the very bomb test called off. It's not called off. But the chief said... Ames couldn't get the chief. I was talking to a dead circuit. That bomb goes off in a couple of minutes. Oh, poor Steve. He was one of the best. He is the best. One in a ten million. Some story of his, poor guy. For a while, he almost had me believing in that quarantine. It's a very common delusion, end of the world. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, it's a nice night. Never seen the stars quite so bright. <laughs> no, we'd better be getting in. That wind is going to get cold. Yeah, and that bomb goes off in 30 seconds. Poor Steve. You know... Hanson, there's just one thing. Yeah? Well, it's outside my field, but I'm curious. How did he keep that ship in the air for ten hours with only ten minutes fuel? You have just heard The Outer Limit by Graham Door, An adventure in time, space, and the unknown. Dimension X. Tonight's story transcribed on Dimension X. The Outer Limit by Graham Dorr was adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy, and featured in the cast were David Kerr as Steve, Zachary Kirk as Hank, Sean Teague as Major Donaldson, Lynn Peverill as Elsie, Becky Teague as Sarge, Kim Lambright as Female Operator, Grace McDaniel as Operator, Jeff Evans as Charlie, and V.A. Redfin as Ames. Sound was provided by Jason Ohm. This evening's producer and director was Tina Lockhart, and the executive producer was Rick Sellers. We would like to thank Jason and Leo Ohms from Conroe Coffee, and Sean Thompson from Creative Content Creations for making this broadcast possible. After a few words from the station, the Lone Star Radio Troop will return with our second selection for the evening. 
Get your popcorn and soft drinks ready for Flash Gordon. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.